this morning to the book of Psalms, the 11th Psalm. I understand we have a brand new member here at First Apostolic Church this morning. Amen. Sister Braylon Ray Duvall, why don't we give her a great big hand today? Amen. Amen. And our hearts are overjoyed with Brother Brian and Sister Marla Duvall on this wonderful addition to their family and to our family. Amen. And we thank God for this precious child. Amen. And we are so grateful and we rejoice in the great miracle of this beautiful, beautiful child and uh, look forward to getting to know her and seeing her be raised in the wisdom and the nurture of the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Reading from Psalm 11, I would like to read from the first verse, Psalm 11, verse 1, and we're going to read verses 2 and 3 also. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And I want to preach for just a few moments this morning on the subject, the foundations of the righteous. The foundations of of the righteous. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer this morning, shall we? God, we come before your presence with singing. We come before your presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. Lord, we give you honor today and we thank you for the power of your word. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would minister according to your power and wisdom and love. In Jesus' name, we ask God for a divine anointing. Upon your messenger as I preach, upon your congregation as we hear and receive your holy word. We thank you and we give you praise. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. And the church said in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. So good to see Brother Khalil Lambert here. Amen. From college. Always good to see him. Amen, amen, and we're so thankful for all of our young people. This word, <clears throat> righteous, is a big word. It's a, it's a very powerful word. It's an often misunderstood word. It, it simply means lawful, just, one who is a keeper of the commandments of the Lord, keeper of the law of God. The Bible says in one place that blessed are they who love thy law. And so this is a, this is a beautiful thing when an individual genuinely loves the law of the Lord and walks in the law of the Lord. May we understand that the law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. 
And when an individual loves the law of the Lord and walks in the law of the Lord, then this is an individual who has embraced the most powerful words of life that the world has ever known. And by doing so, they unlock all of the blessings of life that come to an individual. We walk into a great deal of calamity when we forsake righteousness. We walk into a great deal of distress when we walk in the ways of unrighteousness. So the Bible says a lot about righteousness. I want to talk to you a little bit about what the Bible says about righteousness and about the righteous. It's important to note that the blessing of the Lord is upon the righteous. Yes, the blessing of the Lord is upon the righteous. If your heart is righteousness this morning, if your desire is righteousness, let me encourage you to seek after righteousness. The Bible teaches us that if you'll hunger and you thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. God does not withhold righteousness from those who hunger after it, from those who thirst after it. If you will call upon Him with an honest and a sincere heart, He will fill you with righteousness. The Lord, Psalm 1 and 6, the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. That we take comfort in knowing that God knows the way of the righteous. One of the very reasons, one of the very foundational reasons why an individual should live righteously. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. This means that not only does God know where you are, but God knows where you are going. He has ordered your steps, and if you will follow Him and obey Him and lean not to your own understanding... But in all of your ways acknowledge him. Then this is what he said. He said I will give to you an expected end. I know where you are headed. I know where you are walking. I'm leading you down a certain path. Now if you're not walking in the ways of righteousness. Then you fall into a category that we so flippantly refer to, but rarely do we pause and consider the magnitude of what it means. But we fall into the category of being lost. But the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. Psalm 5 and 12 says that the Lord will bless the righteous. With favor he will compass him as with a shield. So the righteous are blessed of the Lord. And the favor of God. The anointing of God. The grace of God. Covers him as with a shield. I was listening to the song this morning coming into church. Jesus be a fence. All around me every day. Jesus covers you with grace, with anointing, with 
favor as with a shield. But that's not a promise just to everybody. That's a promise to the righteous. That's a promise to the righteous. Psalm 37 and verse 16 says, A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. Don't become envious at the prosperity of the wicked. Don't look around you and think, why do they have all of this and I have such little of that? Because a little that the righteous have is better than the many riches. Of the wicked. Psalm 34 and verse 15 says that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Woo, hallelujah. I'm gonna tell you what, when I don't have when I don't have my GPS working right in my car, global positioning system, I always know my real GPS will never go out. The God positioning system. God will position me where I need to be. And the eyes of the Lord are, are upon the righteous. His ears are open unto their cry. Count it a great, great compliment. Not to go to your head, but to rejoice in what the Lord has done in your life. When somebody calls you or emails you or texts you and says, I need you to pray. You know why they're calling on you to pray? Because they understand something about you. They know that the ears of the Lord are open unto your cry. They know it perhaps better than you know it. Sometimes you wonder if the Lord hears your cry. Oh, he hears your cry. And they look upon your situation and realize that the eyes of the Lord are upon you. That the ears of the Lord are open unto your cry. Verse 16 says that the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. And saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Oh, hallelujah. I'm just trying to tell you that there is a blessing of the Lord upon the righteous. The Lord's deliverance is for the righteous. The Lord's eyes are upon the righteous. The Lord's ears are open unto the righteous. Psalm 72 and 7 says that in his days shall the righteous flourish. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10 verse 3. The Lord will not soul, suffer the soul of the righteous to be famished. My God, have mercy. This is what David was saying when he said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I mean, the economy may crash, but I shall not want. Come on, your company might go out of business, but you shall not want. 
Come on, they might be your employer, but the Lord is your shepherd. My God, we've got a reason to hunger and thirst after righteousness. This isn't a day to flirt with unrighteousness. This isn't a day to dabble in unrighteousness. This isn't a time to meddle in unrighteous things. This isn't a time to play around with unrighteous things. Touch not the unclean thing. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. Is a blessing of the Lord upon the righteous. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11. The mouth, and, and here we're understanding something about the righteous that I think is very, very important to understand. Proverbs 10, verse 11. Not just that there's a blessing of the Lord upon the righteous and for the righteous, but that there is a blessing that flows from the righteous. To whom much is given, much is required. And true righteousness... It's not just something that, that it builds you as a receptacle of the blessings of the Lord, but it is a, is a matter of you receiving and giving, receiving and giving, receiving and giving, receiving and giving. It's just like that. You give it, you receive it, you give it. You receive it, you give it. You receive it, you give it. Freely, freely you have received, freely give. So the mouth of the righteous in Proverbs 10, 11, is a well of life. The mouth of the righteous man is a well of life. Waters of life flow from the mouth of the righteous man. The Bible describes waters in the book of Ezekiel that went out from the temple of the Lord. And every dead thing those waters touched came to life. Those are the waters that flow from the mouth of the righteous man. When the righteous man opens his mouth, the waters of living life come out of his mouth. The Bible says it shall be in you a well of living water springing up into everlasting life and those waters come up and move out and when they touch dead things those dead things come to life oh lord may we have a righteous mouth may we have a mouth that is filled with the righteousness of god speaking the truth of god speaking the life of god declaring what thus saith the lord oh god may our words bring to life hope May our words bring to life joy. May our words bring to life faith that perhaps has died. Let your faith live again as the word of God moves upon those things that may have died within you. Proverbs 10 verse 16. The mouth of the righteous tendeth to life. I like the way it says that. The mouth of the righteous tendeth to life. You know, because you know, you know what I'm talking about. It, it, not every time can you just be so super positive and optimistic about everything. You know, you just, there's some things that you're, you're searching and begging, trying to find some kind of a something positive you can say. And, and the words of your mother come back to you. Now, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So you just zip the lip. 
but the mouth of the righteous tendeth to life. It leans a little to the life. I know things are bad, and there's not much good you can say about this, but, but the mouth of the righteous leans a little to, there's hope. Glory, hallelujah. Can I preach to somebody today? Can I preach the word? When all of hell is breaking loose and chaos is breaking out and confusion is abounding and people are despairing and people are giving up, the mouth of the righteous, many times, this is what I say, if you can't say something nice, say something nice anyway. The mouth of the righteous just leans a little bit to, you're going to come through this. Leans a little bit to, we're going to come out of this all right. Leans a little bit to, don't give up. Leans a little, oh my God, have mercy. The mouth of the righteous tendeth to life. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 21. The lips of the righteous feedeth many. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The the hungriest people in the world are those who are hungry for the word of God. Don't get caught up. Well, people don't understand the word of God. Hey, they need to understand the word of God. Don't get caught up in the mindset that people don't appreciate the things of God. He's their creator for crying out loud. They do care what he believes, what he thinks. They do care what he has to say. Speak his word. Declare his word. Speak life. The lips of the righteous feed many. When you look at this word of God, this this Bible that I'm preaching from tonight, in it are the words of the righteous. Holy men of old. Holy men of old. This isn't just a collection of Authors and, and, and folks who had some good poems here and there and, and some good literature and some uh, historicists and scribes and they put together a few chronicles of things that happened. No, these are the words of eternal life. Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They were empty vessels, open vessels. They were vessels who were willing and able to be used of God. Hallelujah. The Bible calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. We're going to come back to this in a moment. But the Bible says that Abraham believed in God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Hallelujah. Even Lot, who was in Sodom and Gomorrah and pitched his tents towards Sodom indicating uh, uh, that he was, he was falling, beginning to fall into the way of that, of that thinking. But the Bible says that his righteous soul was vexed. Righteous lot. His soul was vexed. And because there was some righteousness in him, he was able to be rescued from Sodom and Gomorrah. Hallelujah. The Bible says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Proverbs 29 and verse 2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Psalm 37 and verse 30 states, The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom. Let me read to you one of the great stories of the Bible, but you probably don't think of it very often when you think of great stories. You think of Daniel and the lion's den. David and Goliath, 
Moses in the Red Sea, Joshua in the walls of Jericho. But Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 14 has this little random story. There was a little city and few men within it. And there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. All right? Let's stop right there. There's no hope for this poor little city. There was a little city, and there were few men in it. And there came a great king against it, a conqueror, a great king. Not, not just in comparison to this city, but he was great. He was an emperor. He was a conqueror. There came a great king against this city, and he besieged it, and he built great bulwarks against this little city with few men in it. Now, among those few men, verse 15, there was found in it a poor well, so far, we're not so impressed with him. It was getting more hopeless the longer you go with it. There are few men in the city, and the one guy who stands up with a solution, he's a poor, wise man. Well, so much for that. We need something a little bit more than that. We got a great king who is built bulwarks against our city, besieged our city. He's come against our city. We're little. We have few minutes. But the Bible says he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. What? When I get to heaven, I'm going to find Solomon. And I'm going to say, could you elaborate a little bit? Could you maybe share with us some of the nuts and the bolts of how this happened? What was it that he said? What was it that he did? What was his strategy? What was his plan? Because all we know is that he was poor, but he was wise, and that there was a great king who came and besieged the city, who built great bulwarks against it. All hope was gone. Nobody's going to survive. All hope is gone. Despair, despondency, chaos is ensuing. But some poor wise man, through his wisdom, Delivered the city. And the Bible says, yet no man remembered the same poor man. We don't even know his name. I want to know his name. When I get to heaven, I'm going to meet this guy. Shake his hand and say, I preached about you in October 2016 on Cooper Road. And we really appreciate what you did for that little city with few men in it. Solomon couldn't even remember his name. No man remembered that same poor man. But, but his mouth spoke wisdom. And that's what comes out of the righteous. Wisdom. Out of the mouth of the righteous comes wisdom. And wisdom delivers cities from great kings who build great bulwarks. Wisdom delivers families, and wisdom delivers homes, and wisdom delivers people, and wisdom delivers souls. Wisdom delivers, and wisdom comes from the mouth of the righteous. Comes from the mouth of the righteous. This, though, to be completely honest with you, is a pretty tall order to be righteous. I mean, we can shout all we want about the mouth of the righteous, about the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, 
The ears of the Lord are open unto their cry. We can shout all we want about how that the righteous is a tree of life. The righteous is a well of life. The words of the righteous tend to life. The words of the righteous are, are wisdom. We can shout all we want about how that the, the lips of the righteous feed many people. That the wisdom that comes from righteousness delivers little cities from great kings. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. The Bible lets us know there is none righteous. No! Not one! Well, what about this guy, that guy, that guy, this guy? Not one! Not among the men of this earth. Not among the women of this earth. There is only one individual. And I preach him as much as I can. Because I want you to know that without him we have no access into the presence of God. It doesn't matter what you've said, what you've done, what good you've accomplished, or what bad deed you're feeling guilty for right now. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, the righteous. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Hallelujah. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. So the question comes to us from the book of Psalms. That, Lord, in you I put my trust. I put my trust in you, Lord, because the bow of the enemy is bent. The arrow is ready. And the, and the string is, is actually holding the arrow in place. The aim is set. And those that are upright in heart are targeted. The aim has been established. Privately, they shoot at the upright in heart. Hey, don't kid yourself today. You're trying to live for God. You're trying to do what's right for God. You can count it for sure. When you walk out of this building, there's an archer privately waiting. And he's got his arrow in the string and upon the bow. And there's a target on your back because you have decided. And we quoted it. Brother Dave quoted it earlier. That as for you and your house, you're going to serve the Lord. You're hungering for righteousness. You're thirsting after righteousness. You're trying to do what's right. You want to do what's good in the sight of God. But don't kid yourself. You think you're all right getting out of the church parking lot. No, he'll be waiting down at the end of Cooper Road. Where is he, Pastor? He's at the corner of Montgomery. Then I go to Kenwood. He's there too. There's archers all over the place. They're hiding out behind the bushes. They're hiding out 
behind the cubicles in your workplace. They're hiding out behind your computer screen. Come on, somebody. They're hiding out every block, every corner. Folks you're talking to, you feel the daggers. You feel the daggers. It's the, it's the snipers. It's the archers. The enemy has his bow cocked and ready and aimed at you. The Bible says that there are weapons that are formed against you. That means that they, they're custom made. Some of the weapons that are custom made for you aren't custom made for me. And some of the weapons custom made for me aren't custom made for you. The weapons that are made against me, that is formed against me, have my name on it. I mean, it literally says, take Joel Urshan out on such and such day at such and such time. Take him down. Take him out. And the enemies are at work. And the armies of Satan are in motion. They've been deployed. And, and, and the psalmist is feeling it. He's hiding out in caves. He's running from, of all people, the king of Israel. He doesn't know what to do. He said, in the Lord put I my trust. I'll say you to my soul. I'm trusting in you, God. And you're telling me, flee as a bird to the mountain. Lord, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. I'm telling somebody that the Bible tells us that there are weapons formed against us. Let me preach to you exactly what the Bible says about the weapons that are formed against you. My Bible tells me no weapon. No weapon formed against you. I don't care how good the sniper is. I don't care how good his aim is. I don't care how many people he's taken out. I said, I don't care how many people he's taken out who fit your description, who are eerily similar to you. He may think he has your number, but you've got your God. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon. I don't care what factory it came out of. Doesn't matter who assembled it. Doesn't matter how, how many kills this sniper has on his list. Perhaps people who had seemed to have greater faith than you. Perhaps people who seemed to be holier and more humble than you. I'm telling you that if you put your trust in the Lord and obey his word, no weapon formed against you. shall prosper oh hallelujah he began to feel the psalmist did the vulnerability of his position he said I know I'm following after righteousness I'm hungering after righteousness I'm thirsting after righteousness but it doesn't matter how righteous I try to be how righteous I succeed in being if the foundations be destroyed. What can the righteous do? 
It's a rhetorical question. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? It's a rhetorical question. The obvious answer is, Jesus gave it in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. Oh, God, have mercy. Let me explain to you the foundations of the righteous. Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they began to say, well, some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're Elijah. I was down at the, I was down at the, wherever. <laughs> the other day, and somebody said you were one of the prophets. Somebody said you were Zechariah, Habakkuk, Haggai, Malachi, or Micah. I can't remember which one. And Jesus said, all right, all right, all right. I get it. I get it. But I'm going to ask you the real question. Who do you say that I am? Because, folks, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter who men say that he is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who I say that he is. you got to make up in your mind, who do you say that he is? You can hear every preacher till they're blue in the face tell you who he is. But all that matters is who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus was like, whoa, oh, hey. What did you just say? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him and said something pretty awesome. He said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you. You hear what I'm preaching this morning? Because you come into this building Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and you hear flesh and blood preaching to you, declaring unto you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you. But folks, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you. Flesh and blood can tell it, but flesh and blood can't reveal it my father which is in heaven he has revealed this unto you and your name has been Simon but I'm changing your name to Peter or Petra you're a little rock but upon the rock of what you just said I'm going to build my church Upon this rock, I will build my church. I'm going to tell you, his rock, his church is built on the rock of ages. His church is built on the rock. Let me tell you that if it's a foolish man building the church, he'll build his church on the sands. Now, we know what the sands represent. The Lord told us what the sands represent. He said to Abraham, I will multiply your seed as the sands of the sea. The people of God will be like the sands of the sea. The sands represent the people. The church isn't built upon people. People can come and people can go. But this church isn't built upon the people. This church is built on the rock. And that rock is Christ. That rock is Christ. That rock is Christ. That rock is Christ. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why if you come into church next Sunday and it's just me, you, and somebody else, we're still going to praise his name. We're still going to give him glory because it's built on the rock. It's built on the rock. And the foundation of God standeth sure. Don't get your eyes on people. Just don't get your eyes on people. Look at your neighbor and say, I love you, brother or sister. Now tell them, but if you choose to stop serving the Lord, as for me and my house, we're going to keep on serving the Lord. Because it's not built on people. It's built on one who is righteous. It's my God. It's built on one who is holy. And he is holy. I said he is holy. He is holy. Oh, he is holy. He is so holy. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says that Christ is made unto us wisdom. I don't have any wisdom of myself. The smartest person in this room doesn't have real wisdom. Christ is made unto us wisdom and redemption. Hallelujah and sanctification and righteousness. Abraham, the father of the faithful. Abraham, hallelujah, who went looking for a city that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, Abraham. Whose seed are as the stars of the heavens and as the sands of the sea, Abraham. Every time God would show up to one of the Jewish people to let them know who he was, he would say, I am the God of Abraham. And I am the God of Isaac and I am the God of Jacob. Abraham, friend of God. Friend of the most high God. Abraham, do you know that Abraham received righteousness, but the way that he got it was not because he was so ultra righteous. He got it simply because he believed in God. Oh, I believe in God. Do you believe in God? Do you? Do you? I'm not going to judge. God's your judge. But make no mistake, he will judge. You know, we, we, we fall back on, you're not my judge. God's, God's the only one who can judge me. And you're right, and he will. <laughs> he will. And so God looked at Abraham and said, I'm going to tell you what to do. And if Abraham would have said, I believe you, Lord, I believe you, Lord, I believe you, Lord. And God said, all right, leave your father's house, leave your father's kindred, and go. And Abraham said, I don't think I'll do what you're saying. I didn't, <laughs> let's not get carried away. I believe you though. His belief was evidenced by his obedience. 
And when he believed and obeyed, the Lord counted it unto him for righteousness. That's righteousness. He obeys me. That's righteousness. He's walking with me. That's righteousness. He's doing what I tell him. That's righteousness. He's going where I say go. That's righteousness. He's stopping doing what I said stop doing. That's righteousness. But if the foundations are destroyed, no matter what Abraham does, what can the righteous do? His only righteousness is found in obeying God. But if you take God out of the equation, doesn't matter. He can go wherever he wants. He can go to Mount Moriah. He can go take Isaac and lay him down on Mount Moriah and act like he's going to sacrifice him. And then stop. Untie him and go look for a ram. But if the foundations be destroyed, doesn't matter what he does. What can the righteous do? If you take the blood out of the equation, doesn't matter what the right you can obey all you want. Come on, you, you listen, you can repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. But if Jesus never died, and if Jesus had never been buried, and if Jesus had never rose from the dead, it doesn't matter what you do. It's anchored in what he did. My God. James was trying to illustrate to us. He was trying so hard to explain to us that, that the, the, the effectual, listen to this, folks. Let me tell you how valuable righteous people are. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I'm going to tell you what, folks. If, the, if that's not reason enough for you to be righteous, to hunger and thirst after righteousness... That scripture alone has given me all the reason in the world to hunger and thirst after righteousness so that I can give to my family the gift of an availing, praying, righteous man. I, the gift I want to leave upon this city, upon my generation, upon my world is simply to be able to avail in prayer with God and do good to his people and bless those that he blesses. I want to do it, Lord. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And he was looking for somebody all through the Old Testament. Now, who could I talk about? Who was righteous? Aha, Elijah. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He prayed and the heavens didn't give forth rain. He prayed again and they gave forth rain. You look at the life of Elijah. I'm going to tell you something. That Elijah could have done everything he did. But if it wasn't for the foundations, none of it would have mattered. Everything he did was tied to the foundation. Let's look at when he raised that young boy to life. There's a reason why he laid on him three times. On the third day, Jesus came up from the grave. It wasn't about Elijah laying down over the child. It was about the foundation of Jesus Christ and his resurrection power. Let's, let's look at when Elijah called rain from heaven and he sends up his servant seven times. That seven keeps reoccurring, keeps reappearing. Elisha had Eli Naaman dip seven times in the Jordan River. Seven spirits of God before the throne. Seven eyes and seven horns upon the Lamb of God. But Elijah understood the significance of the number. It was anchored in the foundations. 
The servant goes up one time, nothing, two times, nothing, three times, nothing, four, five, six, nothing. Should I go back? Yes, because this isn't about our righteousness. This is about his foundations. Go up a seventh time. He goes up the seventh time and said there's a cloud like the size of a man's hand. He said, that's all I need to go tell Ahab that you hear the sound, hallelujah, of an abundance of rain. The rain is coming. The rain is coming because the foundation of God standeth sure. Yeah. The Bible tells us when he, was, when he was preparing to call fire from heaven, he builds this altar. And very explicitly, the Bible said he laid down 12 stones after the number of the tribes of Israel. That's what the Bible says. Because this is the foundation of God. It's not about my righteousness. Lay the foundation of God. Twelve tribes of Israel. He said, now go get four barrels of water and dump them one time. Go get, fill them up again. Oh, okay. Get them a second time. Dump them again. Eight barrels of water. One more time. Because we're not just talking about the twelve tribes. We're talking about the twelve apostles of the Lamb, too. 12 barrels of water on top of 12 stones. And when the fire came down, it was the same fire. Hallelujah. Ah, I feel the Holy Ghost. It was the same fire that God told Moses about on Mount Sinai when he showed him the pattern of heavenly things. And he said that fire is going to fall upon the most holy place. Israel had gotten away from sacrificing unto the Lord. Israel had gotten away from the morning sacrifice and from the evening sacrifice. And when Elijah got out to Mount Carmel, the Bible says that he waited. You remember when all the false prophets started doing their dancing and chanting and magical rituals and nothing worked? And Elijah was like, maybe he's asleep. Maybe Baal's gone on vacation. Maybe he's not finished with his 18 holes of golf yet. And he was just kind of having fun. And he was just chilling and like waiting. And you wonder why he's waiting. I'll tell you why he's waiting. Because he was waiting for the time of the evening sacrifice. He knew when the fire fell. And we're going to build an altar that will receive the fire of God. I'm telling you, it's the foundation of God. And it standeth sure. And when he laid that 12 stones and poured 12 barrels of water, hallelujah, the Bible said that the fire fell. Now fire, in, in natural sense, fire can't do anything with water. But with that water, the fire, are you ready? Do you remember in Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost was fully come? They're all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. When this fire fell, it licked up the water. That's what the Bible says. That fire didn't just fall. Tongues of fire fell. And those tongues of fire licked up the water. Because Elijah said, listen, I can do nothing with my righteousness. I can do nothing with my prayers. I can do nothing with my faith unless the foundation of God standeth sure. That's why we have to protect this foundation. 
I'm going to tell you something. Get your feet on the Word of God. Get your feet on the Word of God. Get your feet on the name of Jesus Christ. Get your feet on the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, nothing but the blood of Jesus can save your soul. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If the foundations be destroyed and we're living in a religious climate in 2016 that would love to do away with the foundations we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets that's that 12 stone and 12 barrels of water Jesus Christ himself being the chief corner stone he holds it all together and so we praise Jesus and we exalt Jesus and we magnify Jesus oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together <laughs> hallelujah if the righteous if the foundations be destroyed it doesn't matter how much you pray if the foundations be destroyed you can keep coming to church, but none of it matters. If the foundations be destroyed, it doesn't matter how much righteous stuff you do, how good you are, how many good deeds, how many people you try to talk to and be nice to. It doesn't matter how many Bible studies you teach. It doesn't matter how many people we baptize. It doesn't matter how many people cry. None of it matters if the foundations be destroyed. But the foundation of God standeth sure. Somebody praise him for what he has done. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, praise him, church. Praise him, church. Praise him. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Without Jesus, you can do nothing. But I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I'm coming to a conclusion. But let me explain something to you, ladies and gentlemen. This foundation is so steadfast and so sure that it holds even un under my feet, even when I'm walking on water. I'm not walking on the water. I'm walking on his foundation. Hallelujah. And when you walk out of this building, I know you're walking into some uncertain circumstances, but you make no mistake about it, child of God. You walk on his path, and his foundation will be under your feet. Hallelujah. If he orders your steps in his word, his foundation will be under your feet. Hallelujah. And none of these things can move you. None of these things can move you. Famine, pestilence, peril, the sword, none of these things can move you. Walk with him. Walk with him. Walk with him. Walk with the God of your salvation come on stand with me right now put your hands together if you will in this place glory glory
Glory. Hallelujah. 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 One of the great tragedies that I we've experienced was to see the very sad situation of Pastor James Kirk of Newark, Ohio, who at the age of early 40s passed away accident in his garage church was thriving church was going so well young family blessed of the Lord blessed of the Lord blessed of the Lord I simply cannot imagine how something like that can happen but we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God and are the called according to his purpose But I thank God for Pastor Kirk because Pastor Kirk laid a proper foundation. Do you know how many preachers have preached this book who are no longer with us? But their words live on because the foundation will never be destroyed. How many righteous people, how many righteous people have gone on to be with the Lord but But they put their hope in something that won't die when they die. They put their hope in something. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in this building right now. I'm calling on somebody to put your hope in this foundation. Put your hope in this foundation. Put your hope in this holy word right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Believe this word. When he says... I am faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Believe that. Put your faith in this holy word this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody who, who will hunger and thirst after righteousness. Will you do that right now? Lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts to the Lord. And hunger and thirst after righteousness. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Lord, I need to stand upon your foundation. I need somebody who the winds of this world are blowing against you. I need somebody who feels the pressure. I need you right now to reach out to God and say, Lord, I'm going to plant my feet upon your holy foundation. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, those who can feel the climate of our, even our nation. That is so volatile. That is so discouraging and so disheartening. you got to understand that, 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 that we are strangers and pilgrims on this earth. We have no continuing city here. We're looking for a city that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Come on, somebody, reach out for him right now. Reach out for him. You better get true to your foundation right now. I feel like somebody's soul is hanging in the balance this morning. I really feel it. I really feel it. I feel like there's somebody's soul who's hanging in the balance this morning. Don't neglect this. Don't cast this aside. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Come on, plant your feet on this foundation. Plant your feet on this foundation. Plant your feet on this foundation. As we sing this song, I want the Spirit of the Lord to move upon your heart. Please be sensitive to what the Lord is doing. 
Because I believe there's somebody in this place that God is trying to reach right now. In the name of Jesus, come on, let's lift up our praise unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My hope is built on nothing less. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Sing again, my hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less. Hallelujah. Come on, make it your prayer. Make it your prayer. Come on, let's get lost in this, First Apostolic Church. Let's get lost in this. Come on, lift up your praises to the Lord. Come on, it's Sunday. Come on, a few more moments here. Come on, lift it up to God right now. Come on, that's it. He wants to do something in our midst. He wants to do something beautiful in your life. Hallelujah. Christ Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. again. Christ alone, Christ alone. Yes, Lord. In every high yes, and stormy day. Yes, 